0: Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the MDG Conflux cast. My name is John and today I'm going to be joined by Chris. Hey. Steven is in the process of moving, so today's cast is going to be a little shorter than normal, but don't worry, he'll be back soon. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, Masters 25 spoilers and some upcoming GPs. Let's kick things off of our weekly roundup where we talk about what decks we piloted and played against this past week. How about you go first, Chris? Well, um, Friday night I played um, good old Amulet of Vigor
1: combo in modern uh did not play any copies of jace the mind sculptor in my
0: list what you didn't have three jaces sitting around i hear that's standard now <laughs> sam black plays it in his list St-
1: <laughs> i know that's not even true you just said that to tilt me Yeah. <laughs> i i mean i not that i know that sam hasn't played the deck since but i doubt it it's probably
0: not good <laughs> enough anymore <laughs>
1: In any case, uh, I played Aminet. But I played a single copy of Cartage Tyrant in my main deck that week. Big because, Dino. Because um, I was expecting to play against all these stupid blood Barade, and Jace decks. And so what seems really good against like the Jundy type of decks is a, a big a big dumb hexproof thing. <laughs> and then what seems against good against like the control decks is a big dumb uncounterable thing. Yeah. So, I, I came with my Death Lizard, and then I proceeded to play four rounds of Modern, where I did not face a single deck playing either Bloodbred
0: Elf nor Jace the Mind Sculptor. It's like, popper. You we were at a popper event. <laughs> <laughs> Although,
1: I also never drew my Carnage Tyrants, so I guess it didn't matter. Well, you drew it against me when we played for
0: fun. Yes, but you had Jace the Mind Sculptor in your deck. <laughs> I did. Uh, I think I actually won that game, didn't I? um was that the one where i squeaked it out or the one where i almost was, was there out? only one game you played jace i thought there were two yeah i didn't find him very often which I think is the good first because that card seems god-awful in the matchup yeah so the first time you played your jace i think you just fucking died yeah i think so i think i forgot to put that on the bingo sheet actually
1: and then um the next time you 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 played him you barely eked out the win because you traded a colonnade and a Snapcaster for my Death Lizard.
0: Oh, that's right. I like to not die. I was like one short of killing you, right? Um, I don't you know. Went to, you, yeah. you, you went to went one, yeah. You went to one. Oh, I went to one, that's right. Yeah, I which think, is why I think, had to double block. Like I, you hit- I think I was like just off of killing you, and then... I couldn't kill you, but then to not die myself, I had to throw my board away. <laughs> yeah, we had to trade boards, except you had a Jace. Yeah. Turns out Jace is good in such situations. Although I, I think didn't have I any needed- fetch lands because I was at one life, so I was just going one deeper after the first brainstorm every turn.
1: <laughs> I think I just need
0: to like get a creature, because I had my hasteland in play, Mm-hmm.
1: and I just drew a couple blanks in a row and you like ripped double burn spell or some garbage
0: yeah it was like bolt into uh helix on the very last turn yeah that was was the last card it was the last card down on the on the jace brainstorm yeah so you were i think you were at five
1: so that game was really interesting because i think i feel like there's definitely a world where i should have won that game if i had made a slightly different decision at some point during the game but i don't know which
0: (laughs) yeah which is a common problem with amulet right
1: yeah, so it's like maybe if I had gotten a Ghost Quarter at some point during the game, I could have blown up your colonnades, then you couldn't have had it to, to block with, it, and maybe you would have died, or I don't know, maybe I need to get a Radiant Fountain so I couldn't get Double Burn Spell, or maybe I needed to get Bajuga Ball so you couldn't Snapcast your Cryptics. Like,
0: I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think um, at least a, a Radiant Fountain somewhere in there probably would have been helpful. But it's like hard to plan for that far in advance, right?
1: It's because every time I had like a Titan Sugar, it's like, well. I can get like a utility land and a Toloria West, but then I don't have a bounce land to pick up the Toloria West. So it's like, mm, Like, isn't just guaranteed Toloria West probably better than those other things? Like, eh, I don't know, probably? <laughs> yeah. But maybe it wasn't because like I'm more likely to just draw like a bounce land later on from the west instead of like just drawing the utility land.
0: But you can transmit yeah. for the utility land, but that seems like a waste. Yeah, yeah. You just want to be getting them off of, like, your Primeval Titans, right? Yeah. You want to pretend, pretend they're not in the deck until then.
1: It was super awkward because I played my Ballista earlier in the game to, like, shoot down double Snapcasters or something like that. That that thing saved you the game, though. <laughs> but it meant I couldn't I couldn't tutor it up and just kill you with it later on. Yeah. So, like... Um, Kevin was looking on he's like oh he's just gonna like, chance me for his blista and play it on cavern and just kill you it's like yeah
0: but my one ballista's is already in my graveyard so I couldn't do that <laughs> womp womp yeah I think you would have died to snapcaster beats if you hadn't uh, done that though that save, saved you at least six me, to nine or six to eight damage right it saved me for the turn I played it well then I, I didn't attack for several turns Wait, you disgust. like didn't attack for one turn which was like everyone's like what yeah and then I was, than- I had I had cryptic in hand, so I was hoping in response to the second trigger, if you decided like when, if you decided just to like trade it, you know, trade them all, like I attacked with both, and then I was hoping you would ping one, block the other, and trade. I th- think, <sighs> but that wouldn't Something. make any sense. Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to finagle a situation where I could snap one of my snapcasters back to my hand and keep it, but it didn't present itself. I want to say like, yeah. the next turn. Anyways. Um, so, uh,
1: I, I saw on Reddit or somewhere that some guy said he was playing Academy Ruins in his amulet deck. <laughs> I mean, if you got enough good
0: artifacts, yeah.
1: Which sometimes seems sweet, right? Like, oh, rebuy your blister, rebuy your E every turn. Yeah, definitely. There's,
0: like, matchups where that's crazy good.
1: But, oh, God, it's so tight on space for these sorts of lands. It it's, just like... like would you cut it for a Radiant Fountain? Like, no, probably not. Like, would you cut it for Ghost Quarter? No. Would you cut it for Bajuka Vog? Like, mm, probably not. Yeah, those are all better in more situations. And it's like, are you going to cut a color producing land for this? Like, mm, <laughs>
0: it's kind of sketchy too. So, I, it, it's hard to find the room, uh, in my opinion. Well, someone found room for three Jaces, so I'm sure you can find room for an Academy Ruins, right? It's <laughs> like, why play these explores when we can play Jace's. Uh, uh, so That's what else did you rude. play against? Did you, uh, you played against some, uh, so, some okay. non, non-meta decks, right? Yeah,
1: so uh, I mentioned I didn't play against any Blood Rays or Jace's, so what the heck did I play against? Well, um, round one, which is my only loss of the evening, uh, I played against uh, good old Mike's Dredge Mill deck, oh. which he had loaned out to somebody. That's the story of the evening right there. So I'm... I sit down and the opponent goes, like, I think he opens on, like, Scour himself and hits, like, prized amalgam land or something. I'm like, huh, this seems a lot like Mike's deck. <laughs> I'm like, keep doing my thing. And he's like, oh, like, Glimpse Target myself. I'm like, uh-oh. Like, yeah, th- like, what are the odds that there's two people crazy enough to play this stupid deck? Yeah, uh, I and mean, like partway through the round, like Mike comes like, "Hey, I'm, he's borrowing my deck." I'm like, "Oh yeah," so it actually is just your deck. <laughs> yeah, literally your deck.
0: Oh uh, god, he so was, he just crushed the tournament. He went four zero, right? Yeah, the guy went four zero. Yeah, he crushed you, me, a couple other people we know, like real lawyers at the shop, and just like dumpstered everybody. And um, I knew I knew he was on the deck because I heard from Mike, and so I went in fully aware of what his game plan was and his sideboarding, you know, transformational sideboard plans, and, like, still got bamboozled. (laughs) Which is really frustrating. So I was really kind of annoyed
1: because um, game two, he barely squeaks out the win. because I crushed him game one because his, his, like, self-dredge plan is pretty terrible against primeval titans. Yeah. But uh, Mill, Mm. on the other hand... Mill, on the other hand, is a much better strategy. So he... He has like a Hedron Crab, but I but I play my Rukthar, right? Like, aha, how many mills spells can you play before you die? Well he kept drawing Fetchlands. He must have drawn like three running fetch lands, and he he played like a glimpse or something, or say Frank Sandy or something, like something I had to swan song. Because I just didn't have as much enough cards. Mm-hmm. But then, since he gave him a Swan, he had another blocker for the Rurikthar. <laughs> so just this really like awkward, like race between me slogging. I just needed him to like stop drawing fetch lands, and <laughs> for me to draw more clock. And I did not draw clock, and he just drew mono fetch lands every single turn. He's getting it was just getting incredible. Like he like, he exact seeded me. Like the turn before, he was just dying to this like Rookthar, or he would have to have chumped with the um... the huge crab. crab, and then he's just another. And that then point. he's just dead if he casts any spell. Yeah. <laughs> so that was really frustrating. And then game three, you know, I have like a double amulet. I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to just kind of kill kill him on turn three. I play my summoners pact, get my titan, he's like double archive trap you. <laughs> I was like, huh. What are the odds that I uh mill my uh, combo lands high very very high
0: 26 cards yeah <laughs> so then it's like do I even want to get lands <laughs> <laughs> don't want to thin the deck oh
1: man yeah, that was awkward I couldn't I couldn't outrace the double archive trap yeah <laughs> I think he played like two glimpses that game too Is was just, like blew it rip <laughs> so gross oh, um, then I play against burn and uh Upon was playing an interesting card, Harsh Mentor. Okay, yeah. And Harsh Mentor seemed both really good and really bad. <laughs> because his Harsh Mentor in game two, his Harsh Mentor dealt eight damage to me. So bad. But that was the turn he also died. Huh.
0: Like all of it the same turn?
1: Yeah. I went yeah. from 12 to 4, and he went from 15 to dead.
0: <laughs> uh, it doesn't seem as good then. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I had double amulet, and I just, like, activate Sun Home twice, so there's four damage. Activate my Snake, which is two more damage, and then activate the Double Strike Land, which is up to eight damage. But I was like, you tapped out for this thing, you're 15 life, you have two toughness. Yeah, you're just dead. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> like, if only he had Fire Blast, then <laughs> could have got me real good. Oh my, wow, mo, dirty. <laughs> <laughs> um, next round, oh yeah! So next one, I play is the the good old the modern staple um, powerhouse deck, the Paradox Engine combo deck. Uh <laughs> oh, that's spicy! So I, I'm gonna say this is my cool deck that I saw this this past week. And so those of you who don't know what Paradox Engine is, it's <laughs> a um, five mana artifact from sounds one great in modern sets. Uh, was it? Kaladesh.
0: Uh, that is aether Revolt, aether Revolt, I believe.
1: Yeah. So it's a five-mana artifact, and it says whenever you cast a spell, untap all non-land permanents you control. And so basically, the deck plays a bunch of these zero-mana cost, like um, mana rocks, like Everflowing Chalice and Astral Cornucopia, and then puts charge counters on them with stuff like Core Tapper and Surge Node. Core Tapper. Oh, oh baby. And you're also playing some number of like Hedron archives and this sort of thing. So the idea is you play these all these like mana rocks, and you make a bunch of mana, you play a thing, and then it untaps all your mana rocks, tap them all, make a bunch of mana, play another thing, untap all your mana rocks, so you just have tons and tons and tons of mana. And if you get to untap them every time, that you get to untap your core tap or your surge node every time. You just get more mana the next time around. <clears throat> it's even playing Tezrit's Gambit wow, the win conditions in this deck are sweet. Yeah. So the (laughs) win cons are, are spicy stuff like walking ballista. Uh, some, some lists might want to play Emrakul. Uh, the original list that Seth played even had like a helix pinnacle. (laughs) Uh, There's, um, what, what deck's that? Uh, Aetherflux Aetherflux Reservoir. Reservoir.
0: Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh man. Wow. Planner portal. (laughs) go, Go get your Emrakul or your Paradox Engine or whatever. Yeah, so planar portal is pretty
1: gross because you just, like, get to poop whatever you want. <laughs> you just get to tutor whatever you want into your hand. And since you're basically drawing the card, you get to play it, which untaps all your mana rocks again, and your planar portal. <laughs> so you just get to put every single card in your deck in your hand if you so wish. Oh, man. That's sweet.
0: Talk about overkill.
1: Um. so game one I think I was just like one turn faster than him or something like that Um, or I was able to like attack him and play an EE for zero
0: mm-hmm.
1: and blow up his corner on all his mana rocks and he was sad
0: yeah it seems pretty brutal
1: and so then post board I'm like oh man this dash seems pretty good for me right I have all this like ancient grudge and seal for and rex sage another EE like it seems fine it actually seems fine and then he just like Dumpsters me.
0: <laughs> I like, it's like... couldn't race it or
1: what? I just like blow up one of his mana rocks and he's like, eh. Plays another one and puts a charge counter on it and then just goes off next turn anyway. And like, okay. <laughs> seems good. Uh, but game three was really, really strange. God, it was a weird game. So, another card that seems really good against the deck that's trying to play a lot of these artifacts in one turn was uh, Rurikthar. Uh-huh. So I, I spit out my Rookthar and he's like, "Oh, how do I beat this card?" Because apparently he boarded his Walking Bliss out of his deck, so he had like literal zero ways to remove my Rookthar. <laughs> but he had a trading post. <laughs> so trading post oh, could like so good. make a goat to chump the Rookthar. But he could also use it to like discard a card to gain life to let him like cast more spells. And it was just, like, this really awkward, like, I couldn't, I couldn't, like, quite get through, because he had, like, a Voltaic key that's trading post, so you can, like, make a goat and gain four life every turn.
0: Make a goat. And I was just
1: like, ah, like, this is so dumb. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I think eventually I slogged through in, in Gotham with enough, like, EEs and garbage. Mm-hmm. But, um... That was that was definitely uh, one of the most bizarre uh, games I've played in a long time. <laughs>
0: well, I mean it's a pretty bizarre deck, so it's like <laughs> Yeah. But it's,
1: it's pretty sweet. Like I think both games one and two he opened on like um land astral cornucopia surge node pass. Huh. I'm like, huh.
0: That's pretty berserk, right?
1: <laughs> He's like, untap, you know, put a counter on my cornucopia. Play a core tapper pass, like mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> things could get real bad real quick.
0: Uh, core tapper is sweet, uh, and then
1: the last round I play against what should be the nightmare matchup. <clears throat> um, Scred Red <laughs> four <laughs> main deck blood moons, eight Scready lightning Bolts I... for your like snakes and Azusas and stuff. Yeah, but uh, got him 2 0. <clears throat> Goldfished him, or what? Yeah, so I I play Snake turn 1, which immediately gets scredded for 1, and anytime you get your, your thing scredded for 1, it feels terrible. <laughs> um, I'm sure my Jund opponent felt that way when he got his Dark Confidant scredded <laughs> in turn 1. Um, but uh, <clears throat> he, like, screds it, and then turn 2 plays a Relic, and I'm like, okay, I'll just, like, play two amulets and pass or something maybe I was on the play yeah I'm on the play so I go like snake pass he goes bolted I go double aim the pass he goes relic holding up a mana and so I'm, I untap. I'm thinking like okay I can pack for an Azusa and then make a bunch of mana play a titan and potentially kill him mm-hmm. but if he has another bolt I literally lose the game yolo <laughs> And it's like, oh, but if he plays if he just untaps and plays moon on me, I lose the game anyway. Yeah. Because I have no forests. So I'm just like mm, he's probably just holding mana to crack that relic, right? Fuck it. Play an Azusa. <laughs> 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 Play a Titan. Attack guess, him for a guess, million. Guess. He doesn't have the bolt, he dies.
0: Excellent. <clears throat> I was like, Whoo. So three one, pretty respectable.
1: Yeah, game two is really funny though. I actually, my hand was very slow, but it had Forest of Vesuva, so I had two forests. Oh, wow. So I just go Forest, turn two, copy my forest. He goes turn <laughs> three, Blood Moon. I just go, okay, Bounce Land as a mountain. Bounce Land as a mountain. Bounce Land as a mountain. <laughs> like, play an Amulet at some point in there, and then play like a third land. Pact, Rexage, blow up your Blood Moon. All ah. my lands are now Soul Lands again. Uh, play a Titan, like, kill you. <laughs>
0: uh it's gross yeah i don't like keeps you pinned down for so long if you have yeah. that green mana
1: i mean if i had no green mana then it'd be insane right but yeah
0: can't beat it yeah so that and was my you, uh,
1: modern adventure
0: and you had a little bit of uh a legacy uh adventure on sunday right yeah a little, little bit dabbling
1: with legacy so i i went in uh, i kind of wished i was playing in the event um sunday because i walked around the room and seemed like a very a very happy room for elves
0: <laughs> yeah what a delver or what
1: uh there was like no storm there were like no other combo decks
0: ah uh, gotcha
1: there was like no reanimator there were like two people on maverick
0: uh time for me and to bring oh, uh a whole lot of dnt oh there was uh, so much okay. delicious dnt i was gonna say bring high tide but now i'm scared <laughs> no high tide for me <laughs> <laughs>
1: And so usually you might think that like the punishing fire decks are really like bad for elves, but I don't know. Like whenever I play against punishing maverick, they just feel like they never do anything.
0: It's uh, a little a little slower than than you, I think. Like it takes a while to get that engine fired up because their land count's just mm. too low early on to really keep your board contained, right? Yeah, I mean, I
1: guess like they play turn one mother runes. It's just embarrassing. Yeah. Like, what does that card
0: even do? Doesn't do anything. Yeah, they have all the like death and taxes type stuff early that's like laughable against elves. And yeah, it's like, like it's not till later that their like mid range engine comes online and it's just too late by that point, probably.
1: There's a game where opponent went like turn one, like Mother Rune's turn two teague And I just went turn two glimpse, draw about twenty cards. <laughs> I couldn't that uh, Order because of the Gatic Teague, and I couldn't quite get enough mana to play a Crater Hoof because I drew my second Nettlesend a little bit too late, but I had to pass a turn with about, you know, 10 Elves in play. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, I uh, can't, can't beat it. <laughs> How beat? Too good. Uh, played a little bit against Food Chain as well. Food Chain's another one of these decks where, like, I, I think traditionally the, the bug decks have been pretty favorable matchups for Elves. Um, that kind of changed a little bit with the printing of Leavold, because Leavold's really good against Elves. The whole not being able to play Visionaries and do or glimpses kind of hurts. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think he was playing Leovold, or if he was, I sure as didn't see it. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean... It was kind of just like a goldfish, you know. Do you have a a food chain into kill me, or if you go food chain past, then I'm just like, oh, Rexage blow that up. Yeah. And then you're sad. <laughs> so it's a game where I like he goes, he plays a food chain, plays a bunch of Miss Hall Griffins, but doesn't go infinite, to, but doesn't kill me. So I'm like, okay, sweet, untap. You know, play him Rexage, blow it up. Um, you know, draw a card off Visionary, blah blah blah. blah. Say so go. He like attacks me. <laughs> I actually, like, pick up my Visionary and untap his uh, Scourge to exile it to, to save some damage. You can do that? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? You can target your opponent's creatures with Symbiote untap. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> so we had a good laugh about that one.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: And then he just, like, plays a new food chain and replays his uh, Eternal Scourges and untaps all his Griffins, like, exile and replay and whatever. It's just... End of his turn, just bounce my Rex Sage, <laughs> like untap, play Rexage, Rex Sage, blow up your food chain. Wow, <laughs>
0: that's awesome. God, yeah,
1: basically, I just like force checked him a lot, and he just never had force. I don't know. Yeah, it's like here's a random net order. Do you have it? And he's like, I'm no, I'm dead. I'm like, okay, <clears throat> cool, I guess. Because I mean, there's nothing I can do about him, like food chaining me into death, right? Yeah, not really. Especially game one. Like, eh, I mean, what am I supposed to do about it?
0: yeah (laughs) the discard is like okay but still not like amazing I mean like post board I'd have to abrupt decays I guess yeah that's pretty solid how
1: about you John what did you play last week
0: Uh, I went to modern despite talking about how I really wanted to play with uh, bloodbraid elf um, I'm just missing too many of the cards that go with bloodbraid elf right now because my cards are all being signed (laughs) So I no Colgon command no colgans commands, no click brutalities, no Maelstrom Pulses. Screw this. I want to play a Jace deck. So I played uh Jace Guy Control.
1: uh
0: Aha. Uh-huh. And um it's kind of a pretty standard list. I kinda of looked at like what uh Sean McLaren was working with and uh another another streamer and kind of took their lists and made a few little tweaks here and there, kind of combined them into what I thought was better from each list. Um and I Played the first round against Little Kid Abzan Which that deck man Was like that came that deck came prepared to Just crush on Jund Holy crap Like uh, four Well Leaf Leashes And four Loxodon Smiters and four Lingering Souls And a bunch of Voice of Resurgences for the control decks And um, Jace just like crushed on that it nom, was nom, 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 nom. it was pretty brutal i brought in like um is it Staticaster in the postboard games and it was just like fate sealing, and it was just like oh lingering souls on top you can have that <laughs> <It was laughs> like static just like pew, pew 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 shoot them all down um so that was uh that one went went uh pretty well um, definitely aiming more for Jund than than Jace the way that deck was laid out, and then I played a kind of a, a pseudo Mirror in uh, in round two against like a Jeskai Sahili Felidar Guardian deck. Oh yeah, and um, so you get a uh, squeaked out. <laughs> yeah, so like game one I just like stomped, and then game two uh, my opponent um, was a little uh, having issues with lands. And I thought I had the game like completely locked up and then they just ripped like the perfect cards off their deck for like three four turns in a row and and <laughs> I like, stole the game I actually like comboed off through my my uh, counter spells like uh like neo dodging bullets. God uh, he
1: has so many dispels it was yeah, it was, I mean, it was just
0: like a pile of dispels. I was like you know sitting over here for my disdainful stroke and I'm like. <sighs> <laughs> so that was super frustrating um and then game game three I, I took the win and then round three i ran into the guy with mike's stupid <laughs> dredge mill deck god so frustrating and he's like 2-0 at this point and i was like well it's not gonna go 3-0 I'll knock him out like knock him out of contention i know what's going on here i will not be bamboozled Stop uh, the madness. Stop the madness. Uh game one turns out just guy can't really beat like the fucking anemic dredgy beats of like a few blood gas. Like Narcomiba, Narcomiba blood Bloodgast, and then eventually a second blood ghast, I just fucking died. I had mana problems that game. Um and uh I never found a supreme verdict, so that sucked. And then game two was like okay he's you know swapping over to the mill plan he's uh, so i like you know took out all the you know path to exiles and lightning bolts and kind of garbage cards that didn't really do anything and uh, i won that game uh on a mold of five <laughs> so that felt good and then i was like okay i see him sideboarding for game three he's like you know obviously like taking some cards out putting some cards in it's like he's probably like at least partially going Back to the drudge plan, which makes sense because I am god awful against it. Um, and he only slightly went back to the drudge plan. He like brought in a few things, but was still mainly on the mill plan. And I just got caught with like all these like s- subtle wreckage and supreme verdict effects in my hand, and just like got squeezed out. And he had, uh, I think it was the game where he had double frame sanity. Oof. And it just like he got me for like twenty something cards on one turn. It was like oh, so I just got squeaked out on that one. That felt really bad. Just um, got next leveled. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, oh man, he's boarding back to Dredge Plan. Ah, oh, perfect. He's yeah, like, well, not really. It, it's just so hard. Like game, if they're like game one and two are pretty predictable, but like game three, it's just like it could be anything. Like the mixture is like. You know, staring bridges in the mix, which usually don't matter, but like path to exile is obviously like crucial against the the dredge stuff because they're you know they're not dredging in the same way that a lot of dredge decks are. They don't have too many threats, um, so if you can you know path a couple blood guests, you're gonna do okay. But like if they're on the mill plan, path is just completely dead. And then like you know your your helixes and bolts are pretty good at like closing out the game against mill, but they're like not super effective against the the dredge stuff, and it's just like ugh. So that felt really bad. And then I played against Eldrazitron the last round and just kind of did Tron stuff and um Jess especially the list I was playing, was not set up very well. I wanted to play a uh, a Field of Ruin over the ninth fetch, but <laughs> I had to borrow it from you and I didn't didn't show up in time to get it. Um so, oh no, it was no, it was that. Uh, I'm sorry, it was that uh, you had it. And I didn't realize you had it. That's what it was. I was gonna borrow yeah, from I, Mike, but he was using his, and you had mine. I, so I couldn't find it. I was like looking for my my field of ruin, and I was like, I just don't know what happened to it. Yeah, I had it from the Highlander
1: decks and hadn't given you back. that Yeah, stuff and you're right like, yet. oh, here's
0: your stuff, but I'm like, like flipping through it after the event. I'm like, oh, my field of ruin. I would have loved to have had that against Aldrosi Tron. The thing is, I gave it to you like pretty early in the event. And you just like never looked at it. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I'm not gonna swap cards after the event started. Right, that's, right, right. But... That's cheating. But yeah. <laughs> um. So that was that was Ephem. Um. And we had a. I mentioned the bingo sheet earlier. I had a I had a bingo sheet. Someone posted on Reddit that I thought was pretty funny. Uh, I got bingo. Posted it on the uh, the uh, Facebook page. Got bingo with uh, someone scoops immediately to Jace. <laughs> kevin's gender opponent uh scooped immediately to second jace yeah to the second jace <laughs> which i th- i think still counts <laughs> uh jace brainstorm abuses top x cards of library first card drawn etc effect uh yeah yeah that one was pretty pretty constant throughout the night people were abusing that and the free slot in the middle was someone complains about jace which was uh basically constant throughout the evening.
1: <laughs> Literally everyone.
0: Yeah. Jace player goes to extra turns. Um got to watch someone do that. <laughs> I was excited. I was like, oh, they went to turns. I was like, wait, he's playing Jace. That's on my bingo sheet. And I like happily, <laughs> happily, you know, mark it off. Mark that one off. <laughs> and they're just like frowning at each other. They didn't even they drew, they didn't even finish it in turns. <laughs> Uh, and then the last one was someone playing Bloodbraid Elf in a non-BGX deck, and that was actually uh, there was a, a guy playing it in Rug with, with Jace. Yeah. So, ultimate Greed. So, got my bingo, posted that up on the uh, the Facebook page.
1: mean, I must have been playing like th- four of the five people in the room who weren't
0: playing Jaces or Bloodbraids in their deck. Yeah, there were not very many Bloodbraids, but there was a lot of Jaces, which was kind of surprising. I was expecting a lot more Bloodbraid. It was like two people on Bloodbraid, maybe? Maybe three. And then a lot more on Jace. At least like what five or six people. Yeah, there's so many Jaces. Yeah. But you managed to dodge them all. Somehow. Lucky you. You and your Death Lizard. Me and my Death Lizard. Death Lizard has something to say about your Jace. Yeah. That's for sure. And then um actually last night, uh was it Sunday evening, uh I was playing with a friend uh who's been taking an interest in Popper and loves some janky combo decks. So he's been playing Sprouting Vines combo. And I have to say, if
1: janky combo is your cup of tea, I think Popper is the, the format for you. <laughs>
0: yeah. Holy crap. The um the power level is low enough that you can get away with some of these ram shackle combo decks and <laughs> not get con- punished too badly. <laughs> but um yeah, this one is Uh, a spicy meatball so I'll I'll, I'll lay it out real quick The kind of the core of the deck um, for those that are not initiated which I don't blame you because this deck no one no one seems to have like worked on this deck like actively and publicized it since like October of 2016 (laughs) so this isn't this is an old one I mean if you're not in the pop there's certainly no chance you've heard of this deck and even if you do play popper then unlikely yeah. yeah this this deck is super fun though oh man this deck is great and it's like it's not too expensive either um so uh i'm definitely going to be building this and playing it we've been arguing a lot over um the the build because it's um it's not perfected yet for sure it's got some some tweaks that need to be made and there's a lot of room for um for brewing on this one so it's a, kind of been a fun one to think about but yeah the win con- condition is eventually going to be a caerax torch which is a um a I guess it's a fireball. It's X and a red sorcery, and it does uh, X damage to target creature player. And as long as it's on the stack, spells that target it cost two extra colorless mana to cast. It's like <laughs> almost a bane fire. Yeah, it's got like a spell pierce for every spell that targets it built right in. <laughs> so uh, that's a weird one. And the the important thing is that it's it's a fireball basically. So obviously you're going to be making a lot of mana uh and killing them with this this fireball effect so you might ask how do you how do you make a lot of mana do you make all this mana? well that's where our rube goldberg machine our contraption comes into play and it's uh it is a three-piece puzzle here uh and the just three just three and in rug colors no less um we've got uh inner fire which uh, is a four mana red sorcery that adds a red mana to your mana pool for each card in your hand um, so you got to have a lot of cards in your hand for this to actually be uh, breaking. Do anything. Yeah, do anything. <laughs> even even breaking even, um, you have to have four other cards in your hand. You have to have a five card hand to even break even on this bad boy. Um, then you have uh, Talarian wins, which is a one in a blue instant that uh, says discard all cards in your hand and then draw that many cards. So. Um, you're gonna be, uh, you know, exchanging some cards. You might ask, well, you know, what are you discarding? Well, you are gonna discard a shitload of lands because this deck's uh, engine ones to be <laughs> card is sprouting vines. <laughs> one of the extremely limited number of storm cards that are not banned in Popper. Yes, that's right. This is a storm deck. Uh, it is two and a green for an instant. A storm that says search your library for a basic land card reveal it and put it into your hand and so uh, a common kind of line of play is that uh maybe on your opponent's instep or something they might have cast a couple spells and then you can uh you can uh a few times or uh cast a brainstorm or maybe uh perhaps uh cast a a words of wisdom which is a two mana instant <laughs> that says you draw two cards and then each other player draws a card and then you uh, sprouting vines uh get a bunch of lands out of your deck and then you can uh Tolarian wins them or you can uh inner fire hold priority talarian wins <laughs> and exchange them for uh some fresh new non-land cards that actually do things and then kind of storm off. And then the other uh, really interesting uh, line of play, if you're just doing it during your turn, is you um, you uh, gush uh, a couple times, hopefully get a bunch of cards in your hand, lands cards that you've drawn, and then you um, <laughs> believe it is Inner Fire, Hold Priority, Tolarian Wins, Hold Priority, Sprouting fine. <laughs> Um, and you, uh, get a bunch of lands, and then you discard all those lands, draw a bunch of real cards, and your inner fire resolves, and you get a bunch of mana, and then you combo off that way. <laughs> and then it's, uh, but this is assuming
1: of, you had what, four, five, six, nine mana in your main phase just hanging out somewhere.
0: Yeah, man. You've got uh sometimes you uh you start off with an inner fire into an inner fire or something like that. Yeah, but uh it's definitely doable. Um <laughs> The deck plays some lotus Petals to help you out a little bit, kind of bridge that gap. Um and then your uh, your interaction is Giga Drowse against <laughs> the uh, the counterspell decks. The counterspell
1: decks. So yeah. you can
0: end of turn tap them down with your Giga Drowse. <laughs> Feeling sleepy. Yeah, kind of kind of keep them keep them down while you uh, while you go off. So his deck is uh, super sweet. I was uh, playing some games with my friend as we kind of like uh, played over Skype as one person. And man, you gotta like you gotta sequence perfectly with this deck to go off like you screw up one little thing, you just lose. There's like, there's not really like rebuilding in this deck. Like there was a game where, um, it was like, well, we're probably not going to like, you know, we we're like going off. And it was like, we're probably going to fizzle. And I was like, well, we could like torch his, like, I think he had a, um, uh, what's the worm with madness. <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah, it's the, four, uh, four yeah, trickling worm. That? Um, I can't remember the name off the top of my head uh yeah i forget anyways so yeah uh, he uh, was like well we could kill that and get another couple you know turn or two because <laughs> we weren't quite you know we weren't gonna die the next turn i don't think if we got you know covered it and he's just like you can't rebuild with this deck like we look at our graveyard and we've got like two inner fires already in our graveyard or something and only one left in the main deck it's like yeah it's just it's over Keep going, push forward. Maybe we can. Maybe we can do it. We did not do it. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. So, uh, that was that was sad times. Um, that was a uh, that was my uh, my weekly roundup though. Played some some sweet sweet decks. Uh, we'll move now into our uh, our cool decks that we saw. And you already kind of talked about the paradox engine deck. You had anything else to uh, add to about that one or? Um, so the original list I
1: saw versus what um, he was playing, he made some uh, pretty sweet innovations, I think. The addition of Trading Post and Voltaiki seemed particularly good.
0: Uh, trading Post seems super it seems, spicy.
1: Voltaiki is just really good with your stupid mana rocks, right? Yeah. Just by itself, it's just pretty good. Key and, is never
0: um, used for fair things. <laughs>
1: And then getting to like use your paradox engine, not paradox engine, use like your trading post up to like three times a turn. It's pretty.
0: It's pretty all right. Pretty all right. I guess. I guess that sets up the deck pretty well. Deck is pretty all right. It is a uh, super sweet. I mean, when it does a thing, it's disgusting. Yeah. And when it doesn't do a thing, it's literally a pile of contraptions.
1: So, uh, what was your sweet deck
0: that you saw, John? um so the uh the guy that actually built this uh the progenitor of this sprouting vines combo deck while digging around trying to find some some newer lists um i saw another deck that this guy brewed up that is a fair bit more recent that caught my eye and i'm think this deck is super cool it is a um mono blue control deck in popper which is not exactly the most new original thing i guess um but this is a uh a arcane denial deck at its core it mm. is uh it's got arcane denial as a card drawing engine arcane denial is a uh, two mana instant and it's uh it says counter target spell that spells caster may draw up to two cards at the beginning of the next turn's upkeep and then it says draw a card at the beginning of the next turn's upkeep so you know normal usage case they cast a thing you counter it you know next turn they get two cards you get a card uh, note that your opponent does not have to draw the cards if they don't want to. Yeah, uh, it definitely came up when I was playing against a a mill deck that countered something of Arcane Denial. I declined to draw the two cards. <laughs> it was like, no, none for me, thanks. <laughs> but uh, this deck, uh, I think, is actually in the market for occasionally Arcane Denialing its its own spells. It says that spells controller. <laughs> Your <laughs> caster may draw up to two cards. So uh, should you counter your own spell on the next upkeep, you will be the uh, the proud owner of three new cards off the top of your stack. It's like build your own ancestral vision. Yeah, it's like, you know, I don't know, maybe you got these four spikes running in your hand later on. Um, I don't know, maybe they, they cast something you don't actually care about all that much. You can uh, force spike into Arcane Denial your own force spike. Turn it into uh, some sort of weird archaic instant speed divination
1: i mean maybe you even have a spire golem you can cast for basically free and you're just like yeah i just need some more cars to refuel and you just go ahead and force spike your own spire golem
0: and then deny your own force spike i'm pretty sure you would denial your spire golem <laughs> i don't know maybe the force spike's just bad who knows? Why would you deny your spire golem? How else are you killing them? That is true. Your win conditions are four spire golems and four Spell that sprites. That's for it. Them quitting out of frustration, uh, which is not unlikely, because this deck is a pile of counter magic with four spells that sprites, four force spikes, four arcane denials, four counter spells, and four excludes. <laughs> so they got you coming and going. So long as you were trying to resolve creature spells are uh trying to uh trying to uh resolve uh spells or uh have creatures in play which can be answered with aether burst <laughs> which is the <laughs> from the burst cycle of uh of cards i think they're commons from uh odyssey yes there's uh muscle burst was the green one oh yeah muscle burst muscle burst was it plus one plus one and then x God, more for awful. each each bustle first in it's in all graveyards it does not just count Gurs, which made for very interesting scenarios and limited uh there's a yeah uh, just like ride of flame doesn't <laughs> count all graveyards yeah so uh sweet interactions there as you uh you know first one is a uh, a bad unsummon, and then the next one is a, a double unsummon, and it just goes up from there <laughs> so i thought this deck was super sweet uh just like the um the blue mono blue control deck's mono blue control deck it is like the epitome of Drago <laughs> only sorcery speed uh things in the entire deck are the uh lands and the four spire golems which eventually could be uh cast for free should you uh should you be patient enough <laughs> but uh that was my uh my sweet deck I'm hoping to uh throw that bad boy together and and uh take it for a spin either on moto or at a local pop or event soon the one thing to note is that quicksand does not reduce the cost of your spire golem that is unfortunate <laughs> yes these these three quicksands might as well be spells they are they are here to uh uh in the words of the uh creator of the deck uh kill uh ninja of the deep hours <laughs> 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 apparently this is your answer to ninja you know you can't counter ninja ninjutsu just uh just ends up in play somehow. Just poops him right into play, so ninjas just, just fly. So. You don't really want to aether burst their ninja. <laughs> so uh quicksand gets them real good. <laughs> uh so um yeah. <laughs> yeah God. that card that is such a that is such a popper card right there, quicksand. I've got my Quick copies sand. already. I've got them ready to go, just in case. Who would win? Uh pile of sand or one uh, one ninja boy.
1: <laughs> Literally pile of sand. I guess it's more of like a pit of sand. I guess. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah. I, God, the art of the art of this card is so so wonderful. You see these footprints
0: going in the sand, and then just like a coat floating on. top <laughs> well, There's a rope too with a hook on it. Like they tried to, they tried <laughs> to pull tried them to themselves out. And yeah, and then failed. It's <laughs> some uh, princess bride type stuff going on in that art right there, basically uh but uh anyways we'll move on to our uh our main topics for this cast uh without any further ado and there has been a lot of do <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about some masters 25 spoilers yeah speaking of do <laughs> so we got some new spoilers um they're uh, churning them out at quite a prodigious <laughs> rate i guess we got 24 now most of them in the last day
1: yeah we had none for quite a long time and now we have a
0: kind of decent number um eth all-stars mm. left and right here
1: so probably the the biggest thing people are noticing about uh the set other than the alternate art on some cards is the watermarks
0: oh yeah those watermarks are gorgeous
1: so all of the the reprints have a watermark of the set symbol that it was originally printed in which, which is, is a,
0: apparently sweet. an m for alpha beta unlimited <laughs> well i um, yeah what else are you gonna use nice nice just leave it blank <laughs> mag- magic m so
1: <laughs> so like the like the blood moon the the, oh, the Nights, looks so nice yeah just super clean just like this large box that just says non basic lands or mountains that's that's all you need i quite like Silent the town. uh
0: the watermark on the curse catcher as well the
1: uh is oh, it
0: the, the Shadowmore? yeah the shadow one is quite nice the the blue is uh looks pretty good not not so sure about the uh the gold cards though the uh the gold colored watermarks for the two-colored cards at least are two-tone
1: yeah it's two-tone which is kind of cool and kind of weird um it seems that the white the white watermarks are really hard to see could be the photos yeah, yeah it's it kind of a photos.
0: gold color it's like a very pale tannish gold
1: so, it's like so if we see the thalia it's like you can hardly tell that it's even there mm-hmm Sounds like uh, the uh, Aladimir's call, is that what this is? Yeah. <laughs> the green fades into the white and the white kind of disappears. Yeah. The alternate yeah. art
0: on Imperial Cruiser is sweet. Oh, yeah. Ya boy, he's here. Ya boy. He's brought friends. Zack Stella, excellent artist. Great signature. You it's can like get Mulan, you some... come on down. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other problem, man. Imperial uh, Cruter was not only extremely expensive and hard to find, it was also impossible to get signed, so... Now Zach Stella, he is uh, easily available for all your signing needs, so you could get you a place out of signed imp recruiters and play legacy. Get you a signed recruiter. Yeah. You could play painter if it hadn't been for the fact that uh, Sensei's Divining Top got uh, the Banhammer. So salty, salty painter tears. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Although there, there's, uh, I, I guess I don't know if you really agreed with me on this, but there's one watermark I wasn't really in love with. Was uh, the Guild Pack watermark on Niv Mizzet the Firemind?
0: Yeah, it is because not
1: because <laughs> it, it had an Is it watermark, and now that's been replaced with Guild Packed one. And uh, I think there's a far more, sh- there's a much stronger association with this card to the Is uh, it Guild than there is to the set of Guild Pack, <laughs> but. I mean, I guess it has to be consistent, right, with the rest of the cards?
0: Yeah, it's 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 a little bit, I think, more tilting for you because it's sitting right next to Phyrexian Obliterator on the spoiler, which has that nice, clean uh, Phyrexian symbol. Uh, yeah.
1: God, like, I, I was thinking earlier, like what if Phyrexian Obliterator had been printed in, like, Mirrodin Besieged, and it just had, like, the Mirin sign instead of the Phyrexian symbol? Yeah, that'd be pretty tilting. Like, literally Phyrexian blank with a Mirin like you know, <laughs> good guy's insignia on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing they didn't do that. But, uh, I think it's okay on the Niv-Mizzet. It doesn't look too bad. It looks quite nice with its blue and red uh, gradient on the watermark. I'm not yeah, I'm not yeah, too yeah, tilted. Yeah, I mean, the color's nice, but uh, I just miss the the it. Fortunately, there is a, a couple printings for you to choose from for Niv-Mizzet, so I don't know how many have the watermark that you uh, desire, but I'm sure for your next uh, EDH deck you can find the <laughs> the copy that you so desire
1: speaking of watermarks um JC boy does not have one it's fully because he has the whole like transparent planeswalker thing going on and if you had a watermark on top of that it would just look cluttered you would be able to
0: see his legs <laughs> there's a lot of text on that card too there's a lot of text on Jace the Mind Sculptor. There is actually less art on Jace the Mind Sculptor than all these other cards. <laughs> they had to uh, <laughs> cut off the top half of his legs to fit in the fourth ability. And it wasn't
1: like a... Like, it, the first... The Fate Seal's three lines of text. The Zero's two <laughs> lines of t- Like, they're not short abilities. No, they're really not. The Unsummon is the simplest thing on the card. Like, Chandra Defines has four abilities as well, but I think two of them are just one-liners maybe like add 2 red deal 4 damage to a creature
0: yeah like that's it easy peasy shout out don't fuck around <laughs> Jace over here always has to be a little extra yeah man mind mage gotta have a lot of words <laughs> but uh, it's interesting there's been um, there's been some there's been already one rarity downshift uh, which is relevant for popper uh, the card pillage from Alliances, a card a lot of people probably aren't familiar with, has been moved from uncommon down to common. It is a one uh, Red Red Sorcery that says Destroy, Target, Artifact, or Land. It can't be regenerated. Um, which actually sounds kind of like a pretty solid uh, sideboard option in Popper uh, Having the option to uh, have stuff against like an Affinity deck or uh, against Tron at the same time is uh, pretty nice. Um, I could see that seeing uh, seeing some play potentially. Um is a little bit slower, so 3 mana is not as huge of a deal as it can be in other formats, so I wonder if that might uh, might see a little bit of play.
1: God, Popper's just such a weird weird format. It's like it's kind of not as powerful, and a little bit slower, but at the same time there's so many like just all-in stupid combo decks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but there isn't because not that many people, like they're not that played. Well, they're just not that good either. It's <laughs> They're, they're all like just a little short of being quite there which i think is why they don't see uh a ton of play but there are it's some like, pretty good answers in the format too
1: yeah so, i mean you have like a five yeah. color tron control deck and then you also have like kiln decks
0: yeah so pillage not so great against kiln but uh not terrible against uh tron yeah pretty good against tron they're uh not as not as able to assemble tron as they are in uh in something like modern, they have to actually kind of work for it a lot harder. So that can be nice. Um, and the other big uh, popper um, uh, reveal, which is unfortunately is a, is a sad one, is that um, blue elemental blast, or sorry, not blue elemental blast, um, red elemental blast, yes, I'm sorry, blue, uh, red elemental blast and blue elemental blast were, are going to be reprinted, but at uncommon. And these cards do not exist in common printings on Magic the Gathering Online. Which means they are not legal in Popper, um, and there's a few problems with that. Uh, one is it limits the uh, amount of these effects you could potentially play, which is quite a bummer. Um, maybe you want to play more than four red elemental blast effects. Well, you can't. Um, you just have to play your four pyro blasts and suck it up. But the uh, the other issue is that um, the pyro and hydro blasts are extremely expensive online. Um, due to limited availability and having um these red and blue blasts printed at common and uh this uh master twenty five set which will be online uh, would have really helped with the price for popper online um, The format's been having uh, a few issues lately with card availability and prices, which is a bit of a bummer for a format kind of based around commons and card availability as the speculators are kind of starting to run wild over the format and and buy up uh, choice cards.
1: Yeah, it's pretty gross. Like um, a good example is the whole Tangle debacle. <laughs> <clears throat> like Tangle's been printed common on uh, Moto, but not in paper. It's only what been printed once in paper.
0: Yeah, I think so. And
1: so Tangle's suddenly like ten dollars in paper now
0: <laughs> for a fog. A we'll
1: flashback? <laughs> no, no. It's just like it's like the fog that they can't untap or something like that.
0: Oh, is oh, I'm sorry. That's the other one that, that's flashback. Moments yeah. pieces. So Moments flashback. piece. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yes, Tingle is quite good though. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty expensive. Whereas online, it's uh, four cents. <laughs> Was printed in uh, vintage masters. It looks like so. Uh, supply is uh, very high online. <laughs> uh, so there's also been a rarity
1: increase with um chalice of the void yeah man doesn't that card look like a mythic to you it's getting reprinted as a mythic rare and the thing is it's kind of weird right because typically wouldn't you think that they reprint mythics in these sorts of sets to a kind of try and preserve the the value of the card and also because the card is just too strong for limited right like why else would prosh be a mythic rare <laughs> Yeah. You know? And then uh, you know, Gisela, like remaining a mythic and a chromo Angel of Fury remaining a myth- becoming mythic, like you know, these, these cards are just insane bombs and limited or whatever, but Childs of the Void is typically pretty terrible and limited.
0: Yeah, it's uh It's like not, not, not even best. good in Cube. <laughs> yeah, it's not not the greatest. So that's a little bit puzzling. Well, I think it's the same thing as you don't want like this trash card sitting in your rare slot too often either when you're drafting, right? Like it's gonna show up. It's a way to get it into the set, but have it show up in the draft less often. And there's like a couple reasons for that. To do that, one is to you know um, make sure that this powerful card is seen less often, but also to make sure this unpowerful card is not seen as often either. And also is uh, financial considerations. But there's more than just financial considerations. I think. I think. uh, I think limiting the amount it's seen in the average draft is not too bad. I mean I guess it's
1: like if your players feel like they have to money draft this chalice instead of something else because it's in their packs all the time. Yeah. Maybe that's bad overall. I don't know.
0: Probably not that bad, but <laughs> I mean Blood Moon's usually pretty terrible in draft as well. Yeah, definitely. That's kind of like a a trash rare in uh in draft. But like reprinting that as a mythic it would have be like, what? Yeah, people would have been pretty unhappy, I think. So a little bit weird.
1: Mm, so, uh, with this Living Wish reprint, I don't know. Maybe we'll see a sli- cycle. Uh, it's, I think the uh, the like the master sets
0: like they don't always reprint the the full cycle on stuff. Sometimes they print the whole cycle when they really shouldn't, though. Too like the dragons. Oh, <laughs> and, um, and remember that? Uh, yeah, that was a pain. But I mean, they were trying to make dragons like a thing ugh it's like do we really well, need why you say and, swelp and ju- ju- dragon egg yeah. to go with your uh dragonic roars and stuff <laughs> they're just so bad it was like just print kakusho maybe kaiga or uh yosei but like the red and green ones are just bad so bad so but uh i don't know i could easily see them printing all the wishes though like none of them are too terrible, I guess. Right? Let's see. You've got instant one, sorcery one, creature one. What does the uh, what does the white one get? No one ever seems to play the white and black ones, right?
1: Is there a black wish?
0: Oh, they're from Judgment. So there aren't any. That's probably what it is, right? There's no. Uh, there weren't any black cards in Judgment. Wasn't that the stick or something like that? I think there was a, a stick like that, right? Like Torment had like all the black stuff and then Judgment, like, didn't, really. I don't know, that was a little, little before my time. Yeah, I think that that was like right around when I started getting more into Magic. Um, I think that was the shtick for that set, was that it was like a a white-green kind of favored set and, um, like, no black stuff, but then Torment had, like, tons and tons of black stuff. It was, like, super sweet if you like the color black. Uh, definitely check like the card list for that set out if you're a, a fan of black, there's some sweet flavor going on and interesting synergies and stuff. But uh, yeah, I could definitely see them printing all of them. But uh, we are getting a little longer in time as we've been kind of dawdling around. Uh, We've got uh, upcoming events. Uh, We've got GP uh, Phoenix coming up. Is going to be our first uh, modern GP since the bans. Sort of the unbans. Yeah, the uh, I should. I'm sorry. I should say the the banning of the rest of the format. sock that one away uh what do you think we're gonna see do you think we're gonna see a bunch of jason uh blood blood braid decks do well or do you think it's gonna be kind of back to the status quo or maybe this uh this green red eldrazi deck is gonna uh make its way back to the top again and crush over these uh mid-range decks that everyone's trying to play It's it's kind of hard to say right
1: because i think the general impression is that you know, all all the the best decks should be playing Jace's in them because Jace's an insane magic card. Yeah. But then, if everyone's playing Jace's, then it's a really good weekend for Tron, right? Yeah. Like
0: you said, you played against the jolly Tron with your Jace's, and it just felt terrible. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think mono green Tron is gonna have a insane, insane weekend, unless um, people get in on blue white control. I think blue-white control looks really solid. I think I showed you a list earlier in the week, right? With like four Field of Ruins, four Spreading Seas, uh, two Tectonic Edges, and a uh, Crucible of Worlds main deck. And I don't know if you need to go that far on the Crucible, but uh, that deck seemed extremely well-equipped to uh, deal with Tron, and it's um, a little bit less vulnerable to blood moon than some of these other uh grixis and jund and jeskai colored decks are that people are going to be trying to jam the new new cards into
1: yeah i mean the the jund decks might also just you know board their four fulminator mages and just blood into them and blow up your (laughs) your tron lands
0: and yeah you know be okay with it yeah i guess i guess it's gonna take some testing to see how uh how new jund stacks up against uh Tron, because it's just been a, a traditionally awful matchup, right? Like, just the stuff of Nightmares. Yeah, and there's no guarantee that, like, the best Jace deck has been, been made yet, right? Yeah, definitely. Everyone's talking about, you know, how Jace was, like, such a good like, tempo deck, and everyone's trying to jam into these control shells, so um, maybe there is a, a a mid-rangey tempoy shell to be found for Jace. I know I was listening to the, the game podcast with Jerry T., and uh he was talking about how you know he almost likes uh some there's a a deck that i think five owed it was like a rug kiki deck um with jace and he's talking about how those kinds of decks are really good of jace because your opponent's like trying to keep you from kiki comboing them right and then they expend resources and mana like making sure you don't kiki kill them and then you just lay down a jace and pull ahead
1: I mean, I wow. think I saw uh, the other day Jeff Hoogland, like, 5-0 to league playing, like, a bunch of Jaces in his Kiki chord deck. Mm-hmm. Probably a similar sort of thing. They have to keep you from comboing them out of the game, so you just kind of get to have this Jace that gets ignored yeah. longer than it ought to.
0: Or if you just slam down Jace and they, you know, tap out to deal with it, you just combo kill him, right? So it's, like, kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. And that was, that was uh, kind of how Twin played... Um, and if it has a familiar kind of play pattern to how twin twin was back in the day before it got banned for reasons of diversity (laughs) so really really quick um you know wizard says that we we need to ban
1: Splinter twin because it was just all the the blue decks had to play it as their win con because it's the best best thing to be doing in modern and blah 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 it's killing deck diversity and here we are with jace the mind sculptor and i don't know like I haven't actually played with the card ever, but the way <laughs> you, should,
0: you should fix that.
1: The way it feels is, you know, I'm thinking about, oh, should I play some sweet, spicy deck for FM? And I go, I don't have Jaces to put in that deck, so the answer is no. Yeah. Like, in the past, I played, like, that Glittering Wish control deck, and, like, S for Dragons, and this kind of stuff, and it's like, oh, can you play these kinds of decks without Jaces? Like, why Strictly would you do that? directly
0: worse, Yeah. You know, I got it. I, I figured out the answer. You know what? This just occurred to me. Wizards of the Coast needs to uh, set up a program, some sort of a uh, web portal, where you can, on a, on a playset basis, it has to be a playset, you can mail them in your copies of Splinter Twin, and they will mail you back a playset of Jace the Mind Sculptor. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Problem solved. Problem solved. Would deal with the price problem on Jace. Make everybody happy. Except for, you know, the people that spend a bunch of money on Jace's and actually car how much their uh, their cards are worth. It probably uh, wouldn't make Wizards happy either, seeing they're mailing everyone. <laughs> yeah, piecemeal. Like, one at a time. Let's make, make you pay for postage, too. There you go. I'm <laughs> sending so you my place set of Star Twins one at a time. Shipping and handling. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I uh, remember they used to have, like, the, the uh, coupons you could mail in and get a card back. tell how... Uh, was it like mana is it mana vault? Was like that, right? The one the one to the paintbrush on him? Uh you like or it was mana crypt, I think. You like bought an art book or a magazine or something and, and mailed them in a coupon and you got back a, a card that in twenty years is broken as fucking shit. Sit <laughs> <laughs> on that one a while. Oh uh, man. Yeah, I don't know. Um yeah, like you're saying, Jace is just a super homogenizing force on the format, right? Like it is clearly one of the best things you can be doing in a in a blue deck. It has uh, come into um, stiff competition uh, against Snapcaster Mage over that position where before Snapcaster Mage kind of ruled supreme, it was the thing you wanted to be doing in a blue deck in Modern. Um, if you wanted to be getting value and playing a good card, that card was Snapcaster Mage. And now Jace the Mind Sculptor has uh, come to contest the crown. And it is hard once you have that number of must-play cards in a format, right? Like you're like, I got to play Snapcaster, I got to play Jace the Mind Sculptor, I got to play these, you know, cantrips of some sort, maybe some counter magic, and your decks start to look quite homogenized.
1: Yeah, all of a sudden, if you know, you have to play all the best cards in the format, then there's not as many other cards to differentiate your your own decks with other decks.
0: Yeah, and we're super early in the format still, but it feels like back when Twin was a thing, there was you know. Blue Red Twin, and then there was Grixis Twin and Rug Twin, and then some crazy people were playing Jeskai Twin with Humble Defector, which was strange and weird, but it was cool because it was different. Um, (laughs) Here we are, and uh, we've got Grixis Jace, Blue White Jace, Jeskai Jace, Rug Jace. Some madmen trying to play Bant Jace, which is probably bad, but good on them. So, And that's a lot of that is just, you know, new, uh, sweet new card syndrome, right? Everyone's just trying to jam it and everything and see what works. But uh, I would be unhappy if the format kind of congeals and homogenizes into a, a distilled form where this is still how it is, where it's just like so, pick, I mean, pick like your in, flavor of Jace.
1: Yeah, in six months, if we still have like defined quote archetypes like oh we have control decks that play jace and then we have mid-range decks that play jace and then we have like creature combo decks that play jace but all of them play jace like is that still a good place to be
0: it's not like a good jace to be uh <laughs> God, damn <it>. uh but <laughs> i think what's interesting is that you know uh, people i think are going to point out like oh well you know everyone was playing snapcaster but um i think snapcaster actually You might disagree with me on this, but it it leads to a variety of play patterns, right? Because it's it's getting, it's flashing back a variety of different cards, right? It's not always getting the same exact thing. It's getting, you know, a burn or, uh, you know, a uh, a Colgan's Command or a Cryptic Command or, you know, it's doing different things, different spots. uh, And it's kind of like smoothing things out. Um, Whereas, like, Jace the Mind Sculptor has a very uh, predictable and repetitive play pattern, to it, it's gonna come down, and it's ninety nine percent of the time going to. ninety nine. Ninety percent of the time, it's gonna brainstorm on the spot, and the last ten percent of the time, it's gonna uh, it's gonna plus. And I don't know who the hell is gonna minus, but sometimes that is a thing you do. Um, get that Gurmog Angler out of here. Yeah, but yeah. it's just, I was just playing it on on Friday night. I played against the little kid Abzan deck, and it was like, I got a Jace, and then I'm gonna brainstorm a time or two and like fill my hand back up with counter spells okay i have counter spells your board is clean and now we just plus 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 tell you're dead um and then i did it again the next game i didn't kill him with it but it was just like it was just like the same thing and i was like like wow i can already see how this is going to be extremely boring for everyone involved and i just like i felt kind of apologetic honestly it's just such so an thing. unfun, like, way to end a game of Magic. I mean, it was kind of sweet because I hadn't done it in a long time, but I also was just like, oh, it just like, feels dirty. It's like ignoring the fact that it's a brainstorm, right? The zero is just, you're just plus one card. Yeah, it's, it's continuous card advantage. It's like Chandra's like that too, but you have to use it that turn, whereas Jace, you can hold onto it for later.
1: So, like, if the three mana Jace, if Jace Bellerin... If, it's, if it had a zero that said you draw a card instead of a minus one... Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't that be pretty good? Oh, yeah. Let's see. That that would have been seeing a lot of play. So then for one more mana, you get the same thing but way better. Plus all the
0: other stuff tacked on. Plus three other abilities. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Chase the Mind Sculptor better than all, right? Um, uh, it's just... card's insane. I know. I can still see... I'm still... The, the, the verdict is still out, right? Because... While Jace has been literally everywhere, it also has not been wildly successful either. Um, I think people are still looking for a home for it. Um, I mean, there, there hasn't been any
1: like big, uh, you know, post-unban events to really kind of yeah. see what's gonna shake its way to the top.
0: There hasn't been, I guess, you know, the, the way Wizards reports online data, it's hard to get a grasp on things. But there hasn't been like an eyebrow-raising number of of winning Jace decks yet either. Um, and that might be slightly obfuscated by the way they report things, but it was a little bit heartwarming to see on that first uh, cha- challenge that we saw that there were two burn decks at the top and it was, uh, wasn't a Jace's world quite yet so yeah, the, the only time you'll root for burn yeah Uh, but yeah let's, uh, we'll have to kind of see going forward I'm really excited to see what shakes out of uh GP Phoenix, if I had to put hard cash down on a deck to I guess I would say top eight the event because betting on a winner for an event is a fool's errand I feel like but uh, if I had to bet on decks most likely to, to top 8 I think I would put my money on mono green Tron How about you?
1: Uh, yeah I don't think that's a,
0: that's a bad choice
1: I kind of want to just say Dredge but I'm you know it's really hard to say. No
0: one is respecting Dredge right now yeah like no one's respecting it and all these jace decks are playing like search for his canta and snapcaster so they're not playing grave hate jund jund is the uh the police dog right
1: (laughs) i guess jund is like not even that good against dredge either it's not
0: the best yeah scavenging uses the house though
1: Right. I mean, I guess the, the matchup is a lot better for John since the banning of Golgari Grave Troll, because the typical, typically what happened in the past was you'd play a Cage, and you're like, ha-ha, I've got you, and they just played, like, these enormous friggin' Grave Trolls, <laughs> and you just die. die. What do you do? Like, yeah. terminate it, like,
0: rigid, like, okay, dies. just play it again next turn, and it's even bigger. Yeah. It feels pretty bad. Um, they don't have good ways to exile stuff other than scavenging use. So, yeah. So it was rough times. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I think I think Jund is definitely better against it than it used to be, and I think people are uh, favoring scavenging use very heavily these days. Um, I think people have realized what a great card it is, and um, they're already kind of incentivized to play it due to. Wanting to combat the um, the decks that lightly dip into their graveyard, stuff like the Jace decks, the Snapcaster decks, um, so I think they will be incidentally well prepared against uh, a, re- a resurgence of Dredge, but they're definitely going to need some help in the sideboard and some um, some proper planning and bringing those Lines to the Void or uh, Relic of Progenitus or something to that effect. To uh... yeah,
1: like you say, like no one respects Dredge, but at the same time, there's people playing like. Like like Abzendex playing random main deck
0: Nihil spell bomb. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, I guess that's fair. But but I, I guess it's like that's it's not, like, the, it's that's not like that the they're afraid of status. Dredge. It's just they just happen to have all this random graveyard hate. Yeah. I don't know. I I think if personally, I don't think I would be scared about that. If I was like if if I was inclined to bring Dredge, if I had Dredge, and I thought it was a good weekend for it, I don't, I don't think I'd be like nervous about Nighthole Spellbomb wielding Abzan players wandering around roaming roaming the aisles right <laughs> like, I don't know I just I don't think there's that many people doing it um, I think it ra- I think it raises an eyebrow when you see it because it's so strange compared to how we used to see the deck being built but uh, I don't know if you're that likely to run into it over the course of an event you sit down round three you can still you know, re-duke you that <laughs> it's okay he doesn't have any path to exiles I'm in for it <laughs> No paths in the 75, so we'll be fine. Although, uh, these days, he is definitely going to be playing Jund, not Abzan. Yeah, so there's definitely not going to be any paths in his deck. That's another thing. Definitely not going to be seeing Abzan. Although, um, I wonder how greedy people will get, because uh, the uh, kind of a Jundie-style lists of, jeez, was that 2015 when people were doing that? Uh, we're just jamming a Johnny Vengeant into their... <laughs> their deck in lingering like the, souls yeah the the lingering soul jun deck back oh, when just yeah. everyone was playing like jun it was like f- screw you i'm gonna play white in my jun deck this is before abzan was as popular because the mana was just god awful um and then wasn't that around the same time that like the blood moon jun deck started creeping up uh yeah i believe so there's a variety of different ways to fight that. They'd, I remember getting blood Mooned back then by a gen deck, and they just like slowly killed me with a Chandra Pyromaster. Took forever, <laughs> one damage at a time. Ugh. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think the format's going to be interesting coming forward. So I think Seattle, uh, not Seattle, excuse me, uh, Phoenix is going to uh, shed some some light on things. It's going to be our our glaring spotlight on the format. We will see how how broken and twisted it is at the end of that weekend. And uh, looking slightly further ahead into early April, uh, I, I got some good news from you today about uh, uh, my uh, trip to GP Seattle that I've uh, been getting planned and getting a room together for some people. And I was uh, I was looking for a fourth person. I was a very sad boy that you were unable to come, but turns out... Surprise. I will be attending GP Seattle. <laughs> come get your signatures. You heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> And throw some cards in a Sharpie at him like I've seen people do to other players. God. Super tilting. Saw someone like throw some cards in a Sharpie at Joe Lissette at a SEG Open one time. Didn't even speak a word, just like threw them at him. And like stared at him until he signed them. <laughs> it's the strangest thing.
1: God, like how awkward can you get?
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's you. That's your future. But uh but yeah, we got a. Uh, GP Seattle coming up, so I'm super excited uh, for some Legacy and Standard action. Uh, I don't think either of us is going to be taking part in the Standard portion, um, but uh, we are going to be rooming with someone who is, so I'm sure we'll be at least talking about it and thinking about it and maybe helping him play test a little bit if we have time. So that's going to be a, a lot of fun. I definitely recommend it for anyone that is interested in playing Legacy and has the wherewithal to make their way down there. Um, there are going to be a ton of artists at the event if you like getting altars done getting signatures from artists anything of that uh nature even just meeting the artist and putting a face to the the art that makes this game so wonderful um this is a great opportunity to do it i don't think there's been a collection of artists this large at an event since the last gp i want to say last gp seattle and uh, scg con is also uh, i think uh s- looking to put together a pretty formidable list itself so if you're on the uh the east coast of the united states um that might be a little bit more realistic option but uh, but, uh please don't throw sharpies at the artists they no. have their own <laughs> yeah they have plenty i watched um was not wasn't to Dean. it was uh who is the other guy it looks like uh it's always oh, god i can't remember his name he's a, a longtime artist did uh i can't remember his name anyways he mark was Poole. mark pool thank you yes mark pool mark pool was trying to sign some of his new like promo foil lands from that uh that box set that came out with the kari zev and the uh the uh what is that card the artifact Oh, the the Colossus, Metalwork Colossus? Metalwork Colossus, yeah. Those are the the primo cards in the front, and then you've got uh, these super fancy foil basics, one of each in the set. Um, People were bringing just oodles and oodles of them to him to sign. I actually got in line. I was dawdling around looking at his art before actually getting in line when there was no line, and one guy came in front of me and had about 40 of these lands he wanted signed. sign, and turns out they do not like Sharpies. Um, he was using a thin-tip Sharpie to sign, because he does a pretty small and kind of um, cramped signature. It's kind of his, his uh, go-to, and uh, it was just eating the Sharpies for some reason. It would just make them stop um, having an ink come out. Something about the decoding. Kind of like how... um. Japanese foils have a uh, uh, a reputation for doing this. You actually almost have to rub a uh, rub an eraser on them sometimes to get some of that that coating off before you can actually put a sharpie to it and get it to stay. And uh, he had like five or six of these things, and he was just like he would get like maybe a couple characters in his signature before the sharpie just died again. And he'd have to move to another. And he was like blotting, you know, blotting them on a piece of cardboard. <laughs> and I can't imagine if he had a signature that was like more flowing, like someone like Howard Leone or Zach Stella. It would just be impossible on that kind of printing. Uh, you wouldn't be able to do it. But since his is kind of more discreet, um, blocky characters, he was able to kind of. Piece it together part by part. It was awful. It took forever to get my uh, I think I had like a bird to paradise to get signed or something. <laughs> it was awful. And I just wanted to walk away and leave, but it was like the timing of it was I wasn't gonna have another good chance to wait in line. So <laughs> toughed it out and watched him struggle his way through this guy's lands for a, a pretty mediocre tip, I'm sure. So <laughs> anyways, moral of the story is come see the artist, bring tips, um, be sure to uh, reward them for coming and taking their time out of their busy schedules to come and meet you guys and sign your cards, bring a, uh, bring some cash for them and stick it in their tip jar. They really appreciate it. And Watsi has been giving them a lot less to come to these events than they used to. So help them out. Um, and it's also going to be another great opportunity to play some popper. I believe, right. They're going to have uh, oh, yeah, should a be. pop. Yeah. I am. I got to get my, my ducks in a row, figure out what I'm going to play. I am very eager to play in a large popper event um i don't think it's going to overlap with the legacy main event so um i'm gonna get my stuff together maybe i'll play the uh sprouting vines deck or something i don't know probably oh, want to something more likely to win perhaps i don't know um <laughs> there's an off chance j might come so maybe we'll set him up grinding side <laughs> events in paper with the sprouting vines deck and ruining people's days <laughs> Get into terrific. some white-bordered basics to tell people with. Because they wouldn't be tilted enough. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you got anything to say about Seattle, Chris? Or are we, uh, we good to move into the end of the show and wrap things up for everybody? Um, I just hope that I can
1: finally... I say finally date to a, a Legacy GP, as if I've played so many of them. <laughs> It'll be my second Legacy GP ever. But I really do hope that I um, make it to you, and I won't have any help from buys this time around, probably.
0: Yeah, unfortunately. Unless I have
1: Planeswalker points somehow, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't look, bothered to check any of that stuff. I
0: think, I think they changed a lot of the rules on it recently, so it's a lot harder.
1: Yeah, I have no idea. But uh, yeah, I just want just to wanna not be bad.
0: Yeah. The moral that's the moral of this show. The We're trying to help everyone, including ourselves, be not bad. And if uh you wanna not be bad you could uh you could check out our uh f and m video that it's gone up of stephen our very own Steven playing affinity at this f n m before last when he came and visited us in sacramento california um although I don't know looking at the videos he wasn't too bad i guess i think he i think he played pretty well so <laughs> check that out if you're interested in in Affinity or if you're interested in uh, seeing uh, more of our content. We've uh, uploaded it in 4k. It's our first video. It's not perfect. Uh, There's still some glare issues we are constantly struggling with but it is uh, quite sharp and crisp and uh, we are going to keep ironing out the kinks until we have a a great video product to put out for you guys to enjoy. So keep your eyes on that and stay tuned. Um, And I guess before we go out to the end of the cast we've got one last segment we've got our slot of the week where we talk about what card we are super excited to get into our 75 next week chris what is your slot
1: probably gonna try and run back the death lizard carnage tyrant <laughs> um there surely i won't be able to go two weeks in a row without hitting a blood Braid elf for a uh, jason mind skull project so i'm hoping my, my death lizard gets to see some action
0: i will i way will way you. i will tell you what I will buy you your uh, your burger next Friday if you uh, manage to avoid the Bloodbraid or Jace matchup again entirely. <laughs> I will buy <laughs> well, you a consolation burger. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, my slot of the week is uh, Arcane Denial. Uh, I'm super excited. I think I'm going to build that Arcane Denial control deck, uh, at least online. Uh, and uh do some games with that and hopefully not be too disappointed because that card looks super sweet i love a counter spell that can also uh double as some sort of weird pseudo ancestral visions <laughs> i guess <laughs> i guess <laughs> kind of <laughs> super awkward but uh thank you for checking us out and sticking around to the very end if you're wondering where you can check us out head on over to mtgconflux.com also you can find us on Facebook twitter and youtube under the same name and if you have any suggestions or comments you'd like us to read please 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 shoot us an email or a message on one of those platforms again uh we really do appreciate you sticking around and we hope you'll join us in the next one Later.